Welcome to Weber's Whipping Post, folks. I'm delighted you are listening to this episode. Today's whipping asks the question, will the swamp ever be drained? In a classic case of, I don't think that really means what you think it means, I'll give you drain the swamp. Obviously, there's a literal phrase meaning to physically drain an actual swamp, but that's not how most of us think of that term these days. When used now, it generally references driving scum politicians and bloated bureaucracy out of Washington, D.C. One can only dream. The phrase referring to politicians was first used by a socialist nut job by the name of Victor Berger in his book, Broadsides. However, he used the terms for changing our capitalist system. He immigrated to America from Austria and in 1910 became a member of the House of Representatives from Wisconsin. Perhaps he ought to have stayed in Austria with his monarch, Franz Joseph, where evidently they thought socialism was so damn good. In 1983, Ronald Reagan dusted off the term, turned it around on Berger, using it as reference to getting rid of the bureaucracy in the federal government. This was in the Grace Commission report. Only Reagan and extreme capitalists could beat you over the head with your own material. Our own self-proclaimed monarch, Nancy Pelosi, used it in her 2006 coronation for Speaker. She announced the 100-hour plan, copying off Newt Gingrich's contract with America. In this piece of crap, er, legislation, she lobbed spending programs and liberal notions at anything that moved in the 100 hours Congress had before George W. Bush would give his State of the Union address. The term really took off when Donald Trump unleashed it, repeating it like a Hindu mantra. I must admit, this was the first time I recalled hearing it. The adage explained his idea for fixing perceived problems in the federal government. It just sounded so right for the time, and it really sparked my interest in Trump. Much to my surprise, Trump did not get the swamp drained due to the unlawful immoral, un-American, treasonous tactics by congressional Democrats, rhinos, government bureaucrats, the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, and the mainstream media, the very definition of what Trump called the swamp. They colluded to wage holy jihad against Trump. Shock and awe had nothing on this jihad. I still marvel that someone in that group never had Trump assassinated. Readers of my past written columns know I'm a Trump defender. I'm on record stating my support of most everything he tried to do, but I've also said I don't want to see him run for president in 2024. His ego is too large and his days too great. Something about him has really been troubling me since he left office, and it might be another reason I don't want to see him run again in 2024. There would be a silence about the swamp that he railed against and has said nothing since he left the office. I have to think that when he sat in the Oval Office, he saw who the swamp monsters were and how they haven't acted in the best interest of America. He was privy to people, places, and things we, the great unwashed, would never have been able to learn in a thousand years. He should have seen where at least a few of the bodies are buried and how they got there. So here's the rub. Since being out of office, 
might he have informed us of matter, any matters of interest in the swamp? As examples, what documents did they take back from him during that unprecedented raid on Mar-a-Lago? Who was behind the Kennedy assassination and the falsehoods of the Warren Report? Where are the bodies and intelligence from Roswell and what is known about UFOs? What is really going on between the government and Edward Snowden? And how about that rampant congressional insider trading? Why didn't he out anybody but just defend his cohorts, some of which were of questionable character? The people he called names while running for office after getting the office have largely been left alone since his departure. Surely with his position, wealth, and intelligence, he could at least tell us more of the corruption of people like Hillary Clinton and why she's not in prison. Perhaps he could have explained that Bill Clinton, Mitch McConnell, Eric Swalwell, or Dianne Feinstein connections to China and what might have that cost this country. Or, possibly, who killed Jeffrey Epstein? Or might he have told us about Hunter and Joe Biden's financial connections to both China and the Ukraine? There are hundreds of events our government has kept us in the dark about that Trump surely came to know. Certainly he just didn't sit there like a mushroom and tweet nasty messages all day to upset snowflakes, as fun as that might be. If nothing else, what did his kids find out? They're no dummies. Truth is, we don't know any more about the swamp he wanted drained than we did the day Trump came down the escalator. I don't think he did anything to the swamp except possibly shine some light on it. They just blink. Ever see a frog blink? All this and more goes unexplained. President Trump, you've never kept your mouth shut before. Why now? Having said all that, I think I might know why he has remained silent. I sure hope I'm wrong. You see, Trump was on Epstein's Fantasy Island on several occasions. You don't suppose he did partake in some of the island's illegal and immoral activities? Just asking if Trump sure as hell is insane. I'd love to hear your opinion. On to other whippings. While recording this, the sixth vote is going on for Speaker of the House, soon to go to a seventh. I have it on the television on mute, so I don't have to listen to those pompous bastards. There's only 434 of them voting, and they're not saying who the one is that's missing or why. Somebody needs to wake up Steny Hoyer as he sits behind the smug-looking Hakeem Jeffries. He's on the Democrat side with the same 212 votes in his pocket. Since the original vote, Kevin McCarthy has lost two votes, which just makes this whole mess worse. Republicans can never seem to get their damn act together. Democrats should be munching popcorn while watching this train wreck. The Speaker could be easily elected in a day by bolting the House doors shut. It could be done in 15 minutes by bolting the bathrooms and changing stations shut. But I have a theory on this mess, too. With the election of Trump, it was as if the entire nation was put on chemo and radiation for the cancer that had set in to D.C., or as he called it, the swamp. While Trump had a big mouth and a bigger ego, and probably some suspect past, what he brought with him was the elixir to fix this country. It is now showing with the anti-McCarthy votes. Those 20 or so dissenters know that McCarthy represents business as usual in D.C., and they are trying to stop it. 
The question is, can America withstand the chemotherapy they are now on? In the wake of the unimaginable Damar Hamlin injury during the Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game Monday night, a lot of people have spoken their opinion about what to do going forward. By the time you hear this, the issue may have been resolved by the NFL. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I think they should have continued with the game after an appropriate amount of time off for the players to have regrouped. Now, the NFL has major issues on its hands. While I didn't play professional football, I've watched enough to think that the old-time players, players like Favre or Ditka or Butkus or Nitschke, would have just said, next man up and finished the game. How is this going to end is anybody's guess. Sure hope that kid recovers and gets back in the NFL soon. Well, I have used up most of the amount of time I promised to keep this podcast to, so I'll put away the whip for this week. I'll be sure to get it back out next week if you will listen in. So long, folks.